says, in those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. He commanded the people to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves, gave thanks and break, and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes. And he blessed them and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled. And they took up the broken meat that was left of seven baskets. And they had, and they that had eaten were about 4,000. And he sent them away. And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of the Muslim. Amen. Somebody say he'll do it again. Amen. Amen. Father, have your way in this place. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We just read Mark chapter 8, where God, Jesus, performs a miracle with the loaves and fish. Feeds 4,000 men, not including women and children. I had Sister Montreal read Psalms 126. For those that may not have heard it, I'm going to read it again. And I'm just going to deliver this like God wants me to deliver it. Amen. Psalms 126 says, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity. O Lord, as the streams in the south, and the Bible says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that go forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I don't know if you ever needed God to do something again in your life. I, I don't know if I got a sermon this morning as much as a word. But somebody say, do it again. Second Corinthians chapter 1 um, starting at the first verse, reading down to the 10th verse, reads like this. Somebody said, you got a lot of scripture this morning. I'm just creating a backdrop to just deliver what the Lord wants to say on this morning. Second Corinthians chapter 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in Achaia. 
Grace be to you, peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, so that we may be able to comfort them which are in trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted. Somebody say, I got to go through something, but it's not about me. All the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings, you will also be partakers of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of the trouble which came to us, which came to you, which comes to all of us, that we are pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we even despaired life itself. But we had this sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who has delivered us from so great a death. Somebody say past tense. Who do deliver us. Somebody say present tense. And in whom we trust will deliver us. Somebody say future. So, so we're going through something. We're dealing with something. But you got to remember that he delivered us before. That he's still delivering us. And that he will deliver us. Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says this for I am the Lord I change not therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed he didn't say sons of Israel because Jacob had his name changed to Israel but the reason why the sons of Jacob trickster Deceiver, sinner, is not consumed is because we serve a God who changes not. I'm going somewhere. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. <laughs> but it comes down from the father of lights and whom there is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. That's just another way of saying God changeth not. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? Has he not spoken and not made good? On his promise, this is a slight for those that stuck through the journey of the theology class. Understand that there are some things that God can do all things possible. That God can do all things impossible. 
But God cannot do all things that go against his possible. Y'all catch it. God, God cannot lie. God cannot change. God, because as soon as God stops being who he is, he ceases to be God. Somebody say, thank God I serve God. See, some people believe that God is like a genie in a bottle. That you, you get three wishes and then that's it. So you better use them wisely. Some people treat them like a vending machine. Like you just keep on picking some things and pushing the button until it's empty and then it's all over. Some people treat God like he is unable to handle problems that are too big for you to handle. Y'all not going to say nothing. So some people treat God like he's weak, like he's puny. I don't know about you, but I, I serve a big God. I'm here to just tell you and encourage you. I, I, I'm not going to, I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm, I'm talking about a God who's able to do everything but fail. He's able to meet your needs right now. Do you have a need? Let me make sure this message is for the right body of believers. Amen. That he's able to meet your need. The Bible lets us understand that his arm is not too short. That he can't save. That I don't care where you find yourself. God's arm is able to go into that dark place and pull you out. I'm preaching already. I don't know what you're waiting for. <laughs> that his ear is not deaf. That he hears our cries. That he understands our groanings. That he understands things that we can't even express. Y'all better help me. The Bible says that when we can't even make words, the spirit makes intercession for us. Telling God what's going on. Because our flesh wants to lie to God about what's going on. Because your flesh doesn't want to be delivered. But your soul cries out. I'm preaching already that he is not slack concerning his promises, that his promises are yes and amen, that his love is far reaching, that his power has not dried up, that his word is still true. Do I got anybody in here that can believe with me? He is not a genie. He's not a vending machine. He is God all by himself. And here's something I need you to understand. That if he did it before, if he did it for somebody else, he can do it for you. And if he did it before, he can do it again. And God is able to do exceedingly abundantly all we can ask or think. Okay, Y'all better help me. He is a provider. Let me just prove it to you. Just a little bit of scripture. I'm almost done. First Kings chapter 17. First Kings chapter 17 verses 13 through 16 talks about Elijah. Elijah with a J. Let me just so we understand. Elijah with a J. That he, he, he came. The Bible says Elijah said to her, fear not. Go do as thou hast said. Make me therefore a little cake first. Y'all know the story. The, the, the lady had a, she was a widow. She was about to die, her and her son. She was going to bake her last cake, and they were just going to die. And the prophet came and said, wait a minute, bake me something first. Somebody said, give God his off the top. 
Yes, he stopped treating God like he's second in line. He's supposed to be first in line. First when you wake up. Face first when you get paid. First when you, y'all not going to say nothing. He's supposed to be first. If you treat God like he's second, he'll treat you like you last. Y'all better help me. So he said, bake me something first. And then after that, for you and your son, for thus the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of milk shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day of the Lord send rain upon the earth. And she went and did like the man of God said, her and her house did eat many days, and the barrel was not wasted. The oil did not um, come run out. It continued to flow because she gave to the man of God first. God is a provider a provider and so the oil continued to flow somebody said i need it to flow that oil represents anointing it is the anointing that breaks the yoke the reason why stuff you're still bound up in stuff is because you don't have a flow of oil running out it means that there's a stop in the oil that is supposed to flow you keep looking for other people to provide but your provision is supposed to flow from inside of you i'm preaching already and so when he did it for Elijah, then in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, the prophet Elijah came with an S. And it came up into the woman, and he did the same thing for Elijah that he did for Elijah. There was a certain woman of the wives of the prophets of Elijah saying, The servant, my husband, is dead. You know the servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take away my two sons. Elijah said to her, uh, what do you want me to do for you? And she said, thy handmaiden had nothing, anything in this house except a pot of oil. And he said, go, borrow vessels from your neighbors. Empty the vessels, borrow not a few. And when you come, they should shut the door upon your sons and pour the oil in the vessels. And she set aside that which was full. And she went in from him and shut the door. And upon her sons who brought her the vessels to her, and she poured out the oil. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said to her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And she told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. In other words, the same thing he did for Elijah, he did for Elijah. Showing us that God can do it again. Y'all not going to say nothing. See, see, some of you need a financial blessing. Yeah, some of you need God to open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. You need God for your provision. Some of you need God to, to open the door of provision in other areas. Y'all not going to say nothing. You might need him to provide you some peace, some sanity, some joy, a refreshing. I'm looking, I'm talking, does God, does anybody in here need God to provide something? All you got to do is think about how he provided before. Because if he provided for you before, then he'll provide for you. Uh, God better help me. 
that that's not the holy place. What about the parting of the Red Sea? Y'all know the Bible. I'm just going to preach it like I feel it. In Exodus, you know how God parted the Red Sea for Moses when they came to a place where it was blocked up? But that ain't the only place he parted the Red Sea. As soon as Joshua took over, God parted the Jordan for Joshua. Y'all better help me. Somebody need a breakthrough. Somebody, somebody is being blocked. Somebody is being blocked from all that they can, uh, can be, all that they can have. You cut, you hit a roadblock in your life. You feel like stuff is dried up. You feel like you can't get a breakthrough anymore. That there's something on the other side, but you just can't get to it. I'm here to tell you, just like he did it before, he'll do it again. The Bible says God will make a way in a dry place. God will make a way out of the desert. God will make a way. I don't know what's blocking you. It might be blocking you from moving forward, moving sideways, moving on the left. But God said, I open up the path. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Somebody say, make a way. He will make a way. But that's not the only thing he did. Again, it's, it's, do, you, do you see the pattern? What about him rapturing individuals? I know you think we waiting for the rapture, but he raptured before. See, you can always trust that God is able to do what he's already done. In Genesis chapter 4, five, verse 5, verse 24, Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. That was the first rapture. I'm not going to say nothing. In 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 11, and it came to pass as they went on and talked, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and of a chariot of fire and horses of fire. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind. Somebody say he did that again. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it says that God is coming back. Woo! He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then they which are alive and remain, woo! They're going to be caught up with him in the clouds. Somebody say he coming back. He did it before, he'll do it again. But what about the pouring out of the Holy Ghost? He poured out his spirit in Acts. Oh my God, Acts chapter 2, when they were all in the upper room, he poured out the spirit. But then he did it again in Acts chapter 10. Oh my God, when the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. And the Bible says that he is going to continue like the prophet of Joel said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters y'all not gonna say nothing do I got anybody in here that's filled with the Holy Spirit y'all better thank God God don't stop I know there's plenty of times God did it again for me he brought me out of things again and again I'm about done Somebody say he'll heal me again. He'll give me finances again. He'll get me out of trouble again. He'll get me out of my crisis again. He'll bring me through the storm again. And when I'm lonely, he'll be my friend again. 
Y'all better help me. I don't care what you need. God is able to do it again. So, so as I close this message, <laughs> I know you're saying, what does all that have to do with where we are in Mark? Well, I taught, we've been pre- preached through Mark. And if you just go back two chapters, I believe it was Mark chapter 6, where Jesus fed the 5,000. And, and, and you probably read the Bible through and said, this must be a typo. Because I just read this story in chapter 6. And, and why am I reading it again in chapter 8? I'm going to preach this. Hallelujah. And, and, and I said, these are two separate situations. But, but it only took two chapters for the disciples to forget what happened in chapter 6. I'm preaching this morning to somebody who forgot what God did just two chapters ago in your life. And God said what he did in chapter 6 of your life, he can do it again in chapter 8 of your life. The disciples said, where are we going to get some food to feed all these people? And ain't that just like us? God will deliver you from a sickness and the enemy will throw you something else. And then you forget. How am I going to get healed? How am I going to get delivered? How am I going to feed these kids? How am I going to pray for my daughter? How am I going to deliver my son? How God going to do this? How God going to do that? I think he saved your son before. I think he saved your daughter before. And even if he didn't, I bet you there's somebody in the room you can see that if he did it for you, I just need to find the recipe to get what I need for God to do for me like he did for you. Because I'm his child too. Last I checked, God don't got no bastards. Y'all better preach up in it that, that I'm in the family line just like you. The Bible says I am an heir just like you. So what is it that you did to get your blessing? I didn't do anything but believe. All I had to do was believe. And all I had to do was put a down payment on what I believe. See, when God looks at your request and doesn't see the payment of a praise, he sees insufficient funds. (laughs) But, But if you keep putting a praise on it, when he looks at what you got on layaway, he'll say paid in full. But some of you are too stubborn to go ahead and praise God for what you want. You just want him to give it to you. You just want him to hand it to you. There's two things God cannot ignore. 
as his child and a child who praises because he said I'll inhabit the praises of my people so if you complaining you ain't none of his that's why the devil wants to put depression on you because the only thing that depression can do is suppress a praise but I dare you to shake the devil off of what you want and give God a praise because he can do it again and if he to turn it again I need you to bless it again I need you to breathe on it again I need you to revive it again and I'll praise you again I'll worship again I'll lift up my hands the stock market I ain't no genius but I know people that watch the stock market they watch for ticks it's supposed to tick up that means you 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 earning something you need to bring your praise because when God look at it, it it's ticking up some of you done lost too much praise me don't don't be like I fed 5006 I fed 4008 what is it that I could do with you notice that Jesus said what do you have he said we only got these loaves I told you your miracle only comes by what you have and you too broke. Your request is more than what you have in your pocket. See, I'm expecting something from God that I can't pay for. That I can't even take a loan out for. That I don't have the credit for. I got praise for it. You want to be delivered from something? Start praising God that you're already out. You can have the cigarettes in your pocket, but I dare you to praise them. That you already delivered from me. Because that's the type of faith it's going to take to get your generation out. See, we don't got a people that can't even praise for yourself. So I know you can't get breakthrough for the next generation. 
But if I could get somebody in here. To proclaim a breakthrough. For your next generation. How about for your children's children? Thank <laughs> you. 